0: What's good, everybody, and welcome to an episode of the Amitela is podcast with your host, yours, Shirley, Jai Shields, here on this weekend of Saturday, May the 14th, the year 2022. Lots to do here on this weekend program in the uh, middle of the month of May, my favorite month of the year. We will get into the NBA Eastern Conference Semifinals recap uh recap what's left of them. Look ahead to game seven between the Bucks and the uh and the uh Boston Celtics coming up on Sunday afternoon and on the western side of the bracket a uh, game seven between the Dallas Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns. And uh, recap what's been going on in the Western Conference and the 2022 NFL season schedule was released earlier this week. I will get into that and dissect that as well uh, from, you know, from the national TV games with CBS and with Fox and Thanksgiving games, Christmas games, Sunday night football, Monday night, Thursday night. I'll break down my Bengals schedule, the Ravens uh, schedules of, uh, primarily of the, uh, of the big time contend excuse me, contenders ending into the season, uh, you know, give you my error, error, some grievances, if there's anything, uh, that I come across the schedule that I want to, um, that I, uh, have an issue with, and then we shall, uh, and then we shall, uh, move on from there. But uh, let us, well, before I get to the NBA, I just want to say the reason why uh, yours truly has been away, and I did tell you guys this because, you know, my uh, my um, schedule's getting a little busy wrapping up with school and everything else, so, uh, so yeah, that's part of the reason why I haven't uploaded in quite a minute. Um, I believe the last episode I did was on... May the seventh, if I'm not mistaken, if, if if no, it wasn't May the seventh. It was April thirtieth, May first. So I haven't done an episode in roughly t- in roughly two weeks. So my sincerest apologies. for That it'll it'll pick up within the next week, within the next week or so, but uh, within the next week or so, you know, you get the more timely episodes on a weekly basis uh, from yours truly. But busy with school and. And, uh, and recently my, 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 my father and my sister came, my younger sister came down with COVID. So, you know, having to look after them and feed to their every need and sanitizing the house and making sure everything is clean and germ free and making sure that I'm keeping myself up and well. Cause I got to look at, cause me and everybody else in the house. Got to look after them and take care of them. So it's just been a real complete hassle. On top of the fact that I'm coming down to home church with school and I I got the projects and assignments with school that's due by the, you know, by the end of next week, up the ass with all the assignments I got to do. So uh, so that's the reason why you haven't heard from me. Uh, haven't heard from me as recently as along with the fact that that uh, that late last week was my brother's 18th birthday. Shout out. Happy birthday to my younger brother, Ian. And also it was Mother's Day all in the same weekend. So you throw that into the mix, which is why you haven't heard your favorite sports talk podcast's voice. In about a in about a good two weeks. And by the way, you know, And this goes out to wh- whoever the uh, whoever the the, the the germ ball was that showed up at my sister's school uh, sick with COVID, and ended up getting her sick, and ended up getting my father sick. And hopefully, I pray to God, knock on wood, doesn't get my uh the, 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 my the rest of my family sick. You know, and let me explain. Let me make something crystal clear to you people. If you're sick. Especially with COVID, do do the human race and society a favor of keeping your ass at home. Stay home. Don't don't go to school. Don't go to work. Keep your sick coughing runny nose having behind at your home. Stay at the house how the french toast you show up to school sick with freaking covid and expect to get away with that like we haven't been living through a freaking pandemic for the last 2 years douchebag shows up to school sick with covid all of a su- all of a sudden my 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 sister and my father have been bedridden since thursday My god Can't imagine how depressing it is sitting up in your bed staring at the wall for hours and hours on end because some selfish prick decided not to keep their sickly hind parts at home. Crap pisses me off Ain't about you and what you want and your and your needs. Newsflash, jerkface! This this virus is bigger than you. Put other people first. I'm gonna show up the freaking school uh, coming just coming off of off of a prom weekend. You're gonna sit up here and spread COVID to fifty people. You know when, when I wake up in the morning, I when I wake up in the morning, I I you know I like to go over, I like to go downstairs to my father's bedroom to my father's office, give him a hug, but I can't. He's got a freaking quarantine. You know I I wanted to go in my sister's room and 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 run down the uh, the Raven schedule with her, and I can't. Because she's freaking quarantined because some jagoff decided to show up to work sick. Anyway, let us continue. The lesson learned here, people, when you're sick, especially with COVID, and you know you're COVID positive, Unvaccinated or vaccinated doesn't make any difference. If you're COVID positive and you're symptomatic, keep your ass at home. It is that freaking simple. So not that complicated. The virus is bigger than you, and bigger than what you want and your family's wants and your family's needs and all that other kind of Tomfoolery garbage. Gonna shut the freaking school and get everybody else and their mama sick. Now, somehow, way, you're the parent uh, uh, of the child that, 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 that got him sick. Oh, boy, I would love to have a conversation with you. And if you don't like it, tough. Should have kept your daughter the hell home. Sitting around, playing around with this foolishness. Selfish bastards. Anyway. I'm fi- I haven't been on in two weeks. I'm feisty. We shall begin with the Eastern Conference of the, uh, of the second round semifinals of the NBA playoffs. Uh, I will save Milwaukee and Boston for last. Um because they have a game. So let me begin also. Another thing I'm also getting a little sick and freaking tired of. The Philadelphia 76ers. Okay. I, I, I and listen, give James Harden credit. You know, he played he was uh he was absolutely sensational for a few games in this series you go back to uh you go back to last sun, you go back to last Sunday he was absolutely sensational uh dropped 31 points 8 of 18 from the field six uh dropped six three-pointers nearly perfect in the free-throw line so you give him credit but in the grand scheme of things it does not matter if James Harden is with Oklahoma City the Houston Rockets the Brooklyn Nets or the Philadelphia 76ers. James Harden, for whatever the reason, can never, ever, 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 ever win a big win a big game. He 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 just can't do it. When when the chips are down and when series are one and won and lost and when legacies are on the line. James Harden, for the life of himself, can never find a way whether it's against Golden State on Houston, whether it's against Miami with the 76ers, you name it. James Harden can never ever 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 find a way when his back is pressed up against the wall, when he when his when his opponents have him on the ropes, when he has to dig deep into his inner soul and unleash a, a beast within him to say, "Gosh darn it, I'm taking over this basketball game, and I'm not ready to go home. I'm not ready for my season to end tonight." And James Harden never, ever, 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 ever is able to extend his season. James Harden is one and eight in a in his last. 9 elimination games 1 and 8 in his last 9 elimination games and this is a player that regarded by some is one of the best one of the best players at his position in the 75 year history of the NBA nonsense nonsense you cannot win a championship With James Harden on your team. I've said that throughout the entire history of this show, and I'll say it again, and I'll continue to say it until I'm blue in the face. You cannot win a championship with James Harden. It doesn't matter if Joel Embiid is his teammate, it doesn't matter if Kevin Durant is his teammate, it doesn't matter if Russell Westbrook is his teammate, if Chris Paul is his teammate, you cannot win a championship. With James Harden as your alpha dog super, uh, superstar, or as a Robin to Joel Embiid's Batman, you, you you can't you cannot win a championship with him. You just can't. One and eight in his last nine elimination games is completely inexcusable and indefensible. And can somebody explain to me? How in the world James Harden attempted only two jump shots that were threes? Two jump shots in the second half. Two jump shots in the second half. The last basket he made was at the 331 mark of the second quarter. Are you kidding me? This is from a player that is regarded by some as one of the best players in the NBA. Seriously. 11 points, 4 for 7 from the field. 3 of 5 from 3 in the first half. Second half, goose eggs. Took two jump shots, both of them threes. Missed them. Took two shots. Walked away. End of the night. Zero points. That is completely, completely unacceptable and indefensible. And I don't know what it is. Whether it's the fact that he, that he is starting to decline from his prime. I mean, you saw some performances, uh, you know, uh, early, uh, about a couple of games back. Sunday being the most recent one. And then, I believe it was game. I Let me go back and look. Uh, Sunday, he played fantastic. And Philadelphia's 116-108 win and he was uh and then on and then in a Friday game the two nights before when they beat uh when they beat the Heat by 20 99 79 James Harden okay that wasn't the game uh let me go back let me go back let me go back uh the Monday no was it the Monday no it wasn't anyway He's had some decent. He had a. He's had a, himself a, a decent performances here and there in the in the postseason, at least with this uh, with the with, in the Philadelphia series. But as a whole, in these elimination games, you can't count on him. And again, I don't know whether it's the fact that he. I don't know whether it's the. It wasn't the. Um. It what he had the one great game last Sunday on Mother's Day. I'm thinking of Game Six against. That's i of doing now. All of a sudden, my brain's coming. My brain's coming back to me. He dropped twenty-two, was seven or twelfth from the field, and then one thirty-two, ninety-seven beat down against the Raptors. So he, so he's had a couple of nice performances. Had a nice performance in Game Six, and then a nice performance on uh, on Sunday, May eighth, in their 116-108 victory against Miami. But other than that, that's really been pretty much it. Because James Harden, for the most part, has been non-existent. Was non-existent for the Philadelphias in in these playoffs, and 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 as I'm getting sidetracked now, I repeat myself for a third time. I don't know whether it's the fact that he that his prime is starting to is, is starting to, to to pass him by. He he he's he's on the downward decline, and he's not once the great prolific uh, score that he used to be. You know back eight back in nineteen eighteen seventeen sixteen. Whether it's the fact that he, you know, he's bounced around, and this is, you know, the bask the quote unquote basketball gods paying him back for the crap that he's pulled over the, you know, over the last uh, over the last uh, three plus seasons or so, whatever it might be. He's out of shape, and he doesn't act, he doesn't exactly look like an in shape basketball player. Willing, you know, that can play 82 games, whatever it might be. I think part of the problem is that James Harden just spends too many too much of his time fooling around, fooling around, being a celebrity. If James Harden spent more time occupied, you know, making sure that he shows up for his teams and eliminate in uh and and closeout games and elimination games instead of farting around, palling around with celebrities and bouncing around every freaking strip club known to man. You know, James Harden, James Harden, I guarantee you'd be better off. He's a turnover machine, and there are times where he just goes ice cold in these games. Again, attempted two shots in the second half. You cannot... You there. There, there is no explanation... There is no excusing that. There is no re. There is no logical reasoning behind why James Harden only took two shots. No reason why. You're getting paid good money. One of the highest paid players on the team. The 76ers traded away a problem. To see if they could get a solution in James Harden you know, see if the more he try to see if ah, maybe James Harden will be the answer. Maybe James Harden will be the Robin to uh to, to Joel Embiid's Batman. And guess what? You you pretty much hung him out to dry in a similar fashion the way Ben Simmons did last year in the Atlanta Hawks series. So I don't know what is it? You know, you you, you get you, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul with the Rockets. That didn't work. You after the Rockets moved heaven, and, and after Maury and and Mike D'Antoni moved heaven and earth to make sure you got everything you wanted in Houston, that wasn't good enough. You got fat, you got big, overweight, out of shape on purpose, so they could ship you out of town to the Brooklyn Nets where well, you finally got what you wanted and it, and it was time for you to be ran to go you know karma came back to bite you in the tail uh yeah, as, as, as uh, it came back to bite you in the tail I'm laughing cuz I think of an old phrase uh I think of an old phrase that my grandfather used to say regarding regarding you know the old phrase karma's a bitch but that's why I started chuckling right in the middle of my monologue but anyway you know you get what you want you go to Brooklyn if you're trying to make a postseason run, all of a sudden the basketball gods come and get theirs and you hobble and you can't play in the playoff series against Milwaukee. Then, you know, it's not good enough. You know, dealing with, it's not good enough. Kyrie Irving's getting on your nerves. Again, still bouncing around the ship clubs, the more occupied and more being and, and are more worried about being a celebrity and making yourself a known. Regular at all the the the, the various uh, strip clubs across America instead of being a basketball player, but you say you get sick and tired of the Kyrie Irving mess and the Kyrie Irving distracts him with the vaccine and, and the and the foolishness and the machinations that he pulls. Okay, fine, I want out of Brooklyn now. Then they get get you out of Brooklyn, reconnect you with your former boss from Houston and Daryl Morey, the GM for the 76ers. You get there and what do you do? You stink. You stink. Again, he can get you to the playoffs. He can win you 50-plus games. He can win you a division. He can get you a high seed when the regular season dust settles and it comes time for playoff seeding. But when it comes to the meat and potatoes of why these guys play, These guys don't play when it is when it comes to when you talk about legacy and being great. These and it's no and it's a perfect example, especially in today's NBA, because nobody plays the full eighty-two games. Nobody, these players load manage like like it's nobody's business. But but the moment but the moment in during during their during their season schedule where they put their nose to the grindstone. The excuses are out the window. Load management is out the window. It, 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 it's come playoff time, because they know because they know that's when it comes to their legacy as whether or not they're an all-time great player and who's the best player in the NBA and this, that, and the other. They know that that come playoff time, that's where their bread is buttered. That's where their bread is buttered, and, and that's and and that's where the lights shine the brightest. It's playoff time. And James Harden comes up small in that department. He does. He does. He does, and he has. And in my honest opinion, what will we'll continue to. Always comes up small. I mean, you cannot justify taking two jump shots. You just can't. When Joel Embiid is out there busting his ass with a with, with dealing with a concussion, a torn ligament in his thumb, that he's going to have to get get surgery. He's going to have to get surgery for a knee that's bothering him and a fracture in his face around his eyes, wearing wear, wear, wearing that uncomfortable mask, getting getting his face banged and battered around like like his like his head is in a pinball machine, and James Harden attempts two shots. I mean, for a perfect example, and and, and, I, and I will and I'll end the segment with this series in, in greater depth. But for a perfect example, look at look at the look at the Boston Celtics on Friday night. Look at the Boston Celtics down three-two, elimination game on the road, backs up against the wall, and what does Jason Tatum do? After he got finished griping with the officials and all this, you know what you know what Jason Tatum did? Jason Tatum got himself together, gathered himself, collected himself, and said, "You know what? I'm Jason Tatum. I'm I, I'm one hell I'm one hell of a basketball player. I'm an all star. I have superstar Hall of Fame level talent and potential." We're getting a game seven on Sunday afternoon at TD Garden, even if it kills me. You know what he did? He put his head down, nose to the grindstone, 43 minutes, took 32 shots. 32 shots, 17 to 32, 7 to 15 from 3, scored 46 points. That right there, my friends is what you call a heart, or excuse me, the heart of a champion. That is what champions and superstars and championship level basketball players are made of. When your back is up against the wall, when things aren't going great when you get when the when you're not get, when when you get a bad whistle from the officials where they're jamming you inside they're knocking you on your tail they they they're, they're, they're building a wall inside the paint they're not letting you get open 3 point sh- open 3 point shots from from the corner and and, and from up top but you gotta say to yourself, despite all of that, I gotta find a way to make things happen because I am one of the best players on this basketball team. Getting paid a lot of money, they moved heaven and earth to bring me here. Gosh darn it, give me the basketball. I will get us home. Jason Tatum did that. James Harden did not. Tatum did it with his 46. Harden did not with his, what, Tatum did it, Harden could not That, my friends, is the difference between James Harden and Jason Tatum The difference between a championship level basketball player And one that is simply there to have the status And and the verification on social media And the title of being a basketball player Because I tell you something right now You have an option to build a championship team tonight. Start your franchise. You take James Harden or you want Jason Tatum. Tatum on Friday night played with the heart of a champion. Showed guts. Put himself in conversations with Sam Jones. Alright? Sam Jones. James Harden put himself in the class of Ben Simmons. and Doc Rivers getting defensive in the post game. Hey Doc, you better hit your knees and think the good Lord did still have a job because the way your teams, whether it's the Clippers or or otherwise, the way your teams defecate on themselves in elimination games and in playoff series Is downright damn near embarrassing. Your team damn near blew a 3 0 lead, 3 0 3 0, whatever it was. Your team nearly blew a playoff series to the Toronto Raptors. So he can save me with the whole defense mechanisms and coming off defensive in the post game. He should be, especially now that we know that his job is safe. He should he should pick up the phone and contact every single one of those reporters he got snippy with after the game and apologize to him. Because that was horse crap. Don't get all defensive and, and start and start catching an attitude because you sense that, that 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 the media and the Philadelphia 76ers fan base is gonna eat you for lunch on the internet, on Twitter in the newspaper, and on Sports Talk Radio. And it's not like you don't deserve it because you do. They haven't forgotten about how this team performed against Atlanta last year, nor should they. You blow more 3-1 leads and blow more series and blow more playoff games than than anybody in the history of the NBA you can shake a stick at. Bucks and Celtics game seven, what a hell of a series that has been! Uh, with just a phenomenal job, by uh, just a phenomenal job by um, by both teams in this series. I mean, Legler said on ESPN on Friday night. Say he said he wished it was like best out of twenty, best out of twenty five. This series has been so. Excuse me. It's been so good, but it it has just been absolutely sensational. I mean, think about on Tuesday night, um, when w- Tuesday night in Milwaukee, Giannis, you know, dunked down and stared down Al Horford twice. And what does Al Horford do? Turns around on Tuesday night, sixteen points in the fourth quarter, a perfect six for six, playoff hot, playoff career high thirty points, and had a mean dunk on Giannis. I mean, this is the and only four Boston Celtics players at the age of 35 or older have scored 30 points in the playoffs: Ray Allen, Kevin McHale, Havelcheck, Al Horford. Phenomenal company to be in, but that has been one sensational series that I just cannot get enough of. I mean, the way that those two teams. Just, just scratch and claw, and and just never they they don't quit. There's no quitting them. They have tremendous mental toughness. They are coached well. They got championship level basketball players on it, and you can make the argument that the winner of that series. You can, honest to God, convince me that the winner of of Sunday afternoon's game will win the NBA championship. Those two teams are that damn good the Bucs have showed have showed signs where they miss Jason Tatum but they've also had tremendous but but uh uh Lopez and 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 Pat Connington have done a sensational job picking up the slack. I told you at the beginning of this series I said I picked and, Matt, and I picked the uh, I did pick Boston to win in 7 and the reason why I said Boston has the better team but the reason why it's going to be 7 is going to be a long series is because the Bucks have the best player in the sport and that is Giannis Antetokounmpo. The Bucks have the be- and and no and no Chris Middleton definitely it, 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 you know the Boston has a leg up over Milwaukee because of the fact they've had to play every one of these six games without Chris Middleton. If they had Chris Middleton, maybe this series would be a little bit different result. Who knows? We can only play the what if game. But speaking of Giannis, best player in the world, best player in the league by far, no doubt, hands down. It's not Durant. It's not LeBron. It is it is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Seventh-hand, he had his seventh career playoff game with 30 points, 15 rebounds, five assists, tying the great Elgin Baylor for the fourth most in NBA history. Only Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and LeBron James have more in the 75-year history of the NBA. Sensational job. Sensational job. I, I, I cannot get enough of that series. Can't get enough of it. Tatum, second, second Celtics player, second player in Celtics history, excuse me, with multiple 45-point games in the playoffs, joining the great Sam Jones that I already mentioned. Real quick, a couple of items to get to uh, going uh, switching back to the to the Miami 76ers series. Butler Second Heat player to have four straight thirty point road playoff games joins joins the Wayne Wade in that department. He's been he lo, it hasn't been talked about enough a lot with you know with 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 you know, Al Horford's big time performance earlier in the week and Giannis and and, and Jason Tan. Jimmy Butler, damn good player in his own right as well. He he are also another team that's well coached. Well, it's, it's funny you know the Heat. The Heat, the Celtics, and the the bucks Three of the best well-coached teams in the NBA. 76ers are in the Steve Nash category with Doc Rivers. Let's call it like we see it. 76ers have gone to the playoffs 12 straight times without reaching the Eastern Conference Finals fourth-longest streak in NBA history without a conference finals berth. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. And, let's, and let us not forget, when it, when we're talking about James Harden's legacy, let us not forget Game 6 of the 2017 Western Conference Semifinals against the Spurs when James Harden went 2-of-11, 2-of-9 from 3, turned over the basketball six times, scored 10 points. Or Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals, where he went 2 of 11, turned over the basketball, uh, then NBA record 12 times. 2 of 11 from 3, 0 of 3 from 3, 12 turnovers, 14 points. James Harden stinks back after this. Welcome back to the like t i TIAs podcast. Switching gears now from the Eastern Conference to the Western Conference in the NBA. Uh, we shall shift gears to the Western Conference semifinals. I will uh, save the Game 7 series between the Suns and the Mavericks for a little bit later on in the segment. We will begin with the series that concluded uh, late Friday night between the uh between the Memphis Grizzlies and the uh, Golden State Warriors, and what a series that was! An intense series between those two teams. Uh, I had forgotten that these two teams. Uh, it's just funny, you know how uh, how how just the years. No, not the years, but like the year in general goes by like that. You know, because I, th- I was I was had forgotten that those two teams played played each other. Not even a full year ago yet. Last May, uh these two teams played each other in the playing tournament and the Grizzlies knocked out Golden State to advance to the first round. And now uh the the uh the uh Golden State Warriors come back around this year, uh a little less than twelve months later. And uh, nicely returned the favor by knocking out the Memphis Grizzlies in six games, and once again, for the first time in quite a while since 2019, advancing to the Western Conference Finals. But they certainly had to work for it, and it was, and the Memphis Grizzlies did not gi- did not give it to them uh, whatsoever, especially because of the fact that they. Of that beatdown in Game Five, uh, at the uh, at the FedEx Forum the other night was just absolute, was just absolutely just ridiculous. I mean, my good, I mean, and and uh, again, I understand, you know, bygones be bygones. They won the series; it's not that big of a deal. But the but the Golden State Warriors, after their performance in Game Five, ought ought to have been embarrassed and absolutely ashamed of themselves because for them to show up and play the way they did, you know, I understand on the road, and I understand, you know, but they had to know they had to know two things were going to happen. They had to know that they were going to get. Arguably Memphis's best effort of the entire series, and they knew the crowd was going to be into it because they knew that the Memphis crowd was going to have to play a huge factor in being that fire underneath the uh, underneath the Grizzlies players to provide them a little extra, umph, a little bit of extra motivation to send this series back to Golden State and do the unthinkable, and that's con- and that's uh, conquer a three one. Uh, a three-one uh, playoff series deficit, but after their performance on 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 uh, in Game Five, I mean, uh, they should embarrassed, should be they they should be embarrassed and absolutely ashamed of. So I mean, the largest deficit that the Grizzlies had was fifty-five points, and the fact that they did it with John Morant sitting on the bench made it. Ten times worse. Ten times worse. Largest deficit fifty-five. They spanked them one thirty-four ninety-five. I mean, this is a Golden State Warriors team. They turn over the basketball twenty-two times in game five to the Grizzlies nine. Twenty-two times. Piss poor passes. It, it it was disgusting. If you were, if you I tell you something. If you betted if you bet Golden State to win in Game Five and or you were a Golden State Warriors fan, you had to vomit watching that performance. That was not bad. That that was downright embarrassing, disgusting, and offensive to the freaking senses. How bad they were in Game Five. Again with no John Morant. Curry snunk, Draymond Green wasn't no better. Wiggins awful. Poole coming off the bench atrocious. But all is forgiven because they changed it and uh, and and got the job done in Game Six. And Game Six and here and here's what the Golden State's victory in Game Six came down to, folks. It came down to the fact that a Stephen Adams got hurt. Prior towards the half, he was not out there. To at the start of the third quarter, he was not. He was not out there on the floor. So him not being there and not him not being that defensive presence inside, because as we all know, the Golden State Warriors are very, you know, they they're you know, they're, they're a three point shooting team. They play small. You know, a- Andrew Bogut's not coming through that door for them anymore. Neither is Bo- neither is uh, is Boogie Cousins, and neither is Kevin Durant. They're 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 not they're not a big time te- they're not a big time team as far as far as the size of their players. And one of the biggest reasons why they won, and were able to dominate Game Five, was because of the presence and, and the defensive performance and the rebounding that Stephen Adams was able to do. He only played. He only played. Uh, he only played 28 minutes, injured. So Stephen Adams not being out there on the floor uh, allowed Golden State to, to kind of find their rhythm, catch themselves, and punish the and 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 uh, and punish the Grizzlies inside and I, and, uh, and 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 to uh, and to get their rebounds. They out rebound. They out rebounded uh, Memphis 70 to 44. No, Steve. At, no, Stephen Adams was there. Uh, the Grizzly Center was was a big reason why. Also because of the fact. that, listen, people are going to go Gaga Curry. You know, twenty five points. Curry, look at this. Curry, look at that. The bottom line is, ladies and gentlemen, is that the two MVPs, the two MVPs in this game were uh, were 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 Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins. Okay. Curry did not start to find himself, and then st- and and his three-point shot didn't begin to start falling left and right. You know, all Everywhere way, every way you look, everywhere you look, you see what I did there, San Francisco, full house. But his, Steph Curry's three-pointers didn't begin to fall until it was time for the Warriors to put the game away. When the Warriors had a significant deficit, and it was time, all right, all right, all right, uh, Mariano uh, Curry Rivera let, let, let me bring you in and you and you you know you at uh, the Grizzly season good morning good afternoon good night with which is three-point shooting. That wasn't a, that at that point in time in the game. That that's when Steph Curry was able to turn it on, and when Steph Curry's performance in the game changed. But when the game was close, when the game was combative, when the game was 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 competitive, and it was scratch and claw, give and take, punch for punch, basket by basket, Steph Curry was nowhere, nowhere to be found. Andrew Wiggins was seven of sixteen, three of five from three, eighteen points. And the uh, good old game six Clay was back. Thirty points, eight of fourteen from three, eleven of twenty-two from the field, eight rebounds, two assists, and absolutely sensational performance from Clay Thompson, who uh who brought himself back into the NBA a uh, playoff fold after the long treacherous journey since uh, since his uh, torn Achilles in the 2019 NBA Finals. But if there's one thing that I've learned from Golden State in this series is that they and and you could say you know, I'm a jive of the moment. They're not going to play like this when Steve Kerr gets back from COVID and everything else. It's just an indictment on Mike Brown and the Golden State in my eyes. And I and again, if I'm proven wrong, I raise my hand and I and I'll say I'm wrong. But until that moment in time comes, I you know, this is you know, I I I gotta give my opinion. And go on, go out on a limb at one point in time or another. Golden State Warriors aren't winning a championship. Golden, the Golden State Warriors are not a championship level basketball team as of these 2022 playoffs. They're not, they're sloppy. They play, they, that many a times, especially in this Memphis series, they play down today. they play down to day competition. They turn over the basketball ad infinitum. They're not organized. They're, they're disheveled. They, 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 you know, they, they, many a time, they look like they're just playing street ball instead, that they're playing street ball instead of waking up and smelling the coffee and realizing that they're playing in the middle of a playoff series. They, they they're, they're, they're not buttoned up. I'm sorry, I'm sorry they're not, you know. The, I, when I look at them, you know, when I look at Phoenix, I see, ah, if Phoenix is playing at their best, the, I can see them winning an NBA championship. The, the the Bucks ah, if they're playing at their all-time best, I can see them winning an NBA championship. The Miami Heat, I can see winning an NBA championship. The Golden State Warriors, no. And it's not because of lack of because let me put let me put it to you this way, if it was if it was based on experience, you would have Golden State number one, the Bucks two, Phoenix Suns three. If it was based on experience, and I know that they're the most experienced team because they still have the they still have their core players from those fifteen, seventeen, and eighteen championship teams on it. So it's not based off of experience, it's based off the fact that they have just not played a solid, fluid, 48 minutes worth of basketball. Especially in this Grizzlies series, you know they, or even even if you want, not even in the Grizzlies series, throughout these entire playoffs, if you want to go back to Game Five against Denver when they melded in and, and didn't have a care in the world and 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 essentially played with an attitude of not giving a damn at the Ball Arena in in Denver, you can you can even go back to that example. Boy, they they couldn't they couldn't have swept Denver. They they gave Denver a game for crying out loud, and in the same situation against Memphis, and that their embarrassing loss uh, their embarrassing loss in uh, in Game Five. I mean, come on. They're not buttoned up. They're sloppy. Turn over the basketball a bunch. They, they do not scare anybody in the paint. They don't. Uh, they, they 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 do not have that one dominant player that you can stick inside to dominate the paint uh, like like a Giannis like an Al Horford like a Jay Crowder like a like a Stephen Adams like a Joel Embiid uh, Jimmy they don't have that. Their 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 mantra their mantra is we're going to wear you down with the three point shots and quick fast possessions and you know with Golden State it's 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 a sprint you know. Can, you know, can keep up, can can keep up with us. You know, with 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 you know with with the with the excessive ball movement and, and outlet passes and the wide open jump shots for threes. You know, uh, going coast to coast, coming off of a de- coming off of a defensive rebound. That's Golden State's game, and they haven't mastered it in these playoffs thus far. Would I be shocked if they win an NBA championship and or get to the finals? No. But do I expect it? I, I I don't. And the way that they have played under Mike Brown these last few games have been downright embarrassing. To be quite honest with you, they 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 have they have played like utter garbage, garbage. And it wasn't until late in the fourth quarter where they decided to get their heads out of their asses and 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 turn on the and turn on the switch and, and take over the game and send uh and send the uh, Memphis Grizzlies home fishing for the summer cuz there was many a chances for the Grizzlies to to take that game and run with it and and they kept and they kept uh, allowing uh Golden State the link to linger around many a time and many of opportunity many a time Klay Thompson, fourth career playoff game. What can you say about him? Absolutely sensational, phenomenal, a hell of a job on Friday night. Fourth career playoff game with three ma- with eight made threes, tying Ray Allen, Steph Curry, and Damian Lillard for the most in NBA history. Two out of Thompson's previous three uh, performances came in a game six. Golden State Warriors 17 with a 20. 20- with a 21 or more playoff series win in a 10 season span in NBA history, the 2000s Lakers, the 2000s Spurs, the 90s Bulls, the 80 Lakers, the 80s Celtics, not the year but the decade, and the 1960s Celtics also accomplished that feat. As well, just to give you and uh, and the Golden State uh, loss in Game Five, thirty nine points, one thirty four to ninety five. That is that is up there with their one thirty eight ninety eight forty point defeat against the uh, to the Clippers in two thousand fourteen, when they lost to the Bucks by fifty in nineteen seventy one, when they lost to the Lakers by fifty six in nineteen seventy three, as one of the largest playoff defeats in Golden State Warriors playoff history. History of the franchise. But give John Moran his flowers. He wasn't able to play. had a bad had a bad leg. Had to shut it down for the rest of the playoffs for uh, for Memphis. Hell of a job. On oh, uh, May the third, played with, essentially played with one eye in the fourth quarter. Eighteen point six eleven shooting from the field in that in that quarter. What a sensational game that was! Eighteen points in that fourth quarter game, most points in a quarter in Grizzlies playoff history uh di- and mo- most points in a uh, quarter in Grizzlies playoff history third player NBA history that this is back in the uh the uh May 3rd game which was and if you want the specific uh game of the series i will be more than happy to give it to you this was back in game 2 when they beat Golden State 106-101 beat them by 5 to tie the series up at a game apiece Morant third player in NBA history to have Multiple, t- f- excuse me, multiple forty-five point games in the playoffs before turning twenty-three years old. He joined LeBron James and the late great Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul, in that category. And the Grizzlies, uh, led by as many fifty-five points, of course, in their Game Five uh, victory a couple nights ago, second largest lead at any point of a playoff game in the last twenty-five years of the NBA. The only lead that came larger: two thousand and nine Denver, Lu- nu- excuse me, Denver Nuggets, who led by. 55 points. One hell of a series. It was intense back and forth. Morant, John, Green, John, fingers to the fans. Uh hard fouls left and right. Players players in, going in and out with uh, with uh with season-ending injuries. What NBA playoff basketball is all about. All about you know, and the officials, you know, and the officials in these playoffs in general have been very spotty at best, and I'm putting it nicely by saying spotty, you know, they they, they, they have put themselves and stuck their beaks into way too many of these games with the, you know, with, with, with the controversial charge, the controversial blocking foul, the the non-shooting call. The you know we got to sit up here and look at the video monitors to see if to see if it's a flagrant one or flagrant two in these technicals. It's just the officiating in these playoffs has just been downright atrocious, and they certainly you know lots of review and lots of official controversy regarding in this uh, in this Golden State Grizzlies series, of course, with the Dr- with Draymond getting kicked out in Game One. And he, he got kicked out of that game, not necessarily because of what he did. He got kicked out of that game based on reputation. This is what happened. He got kicked out of that game based on d- reputation. And Dylan Brooks, same deal. You know, it's the playoffs. Especially in this day and age in professional sports. I love it when two teams are are at each other's throats. And uh, and not you know hugging and kissing each other and and sharing pleasantries, I, I I like I like that that element of bad sportsmanship of rivalry of I hate your guts I'm gonna do whatever I have to do to beat you and send you home crying for the rest of the summer and and you get to see me uh, you see my pearly whites cheesing from ear to ear because I'm moving on and I'm and my team's still playing I, that that's a lost that's a lost element. That's a lost element and a lost art in sports. And I'm glad that it showed up in this Golden State Memphis series. I'm glad it did. Uh, and, the, and whoever meets Golden State in the Western Conference Finals will have one hell of a task. Game 7 on uh, on Sunday night between the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, series tied at three games of, at three games apiece. We take you back to Game Six, where the Phoenix Suns were just downright just disgusting. Uh, just just disgusting. Uh, Chris Paul, you know. Hey, here's the problem with Chris Paul, and why I am, I. estimation, cannot put him as one of the game's all-time best uh, point guards in the game. The problem with Chris Paul is he's up and down. He's inconsistent. Some games, some games, and sometimes he shows up and he looks like a, you know, and he, and he is in that Hall of Fame and he looks like, oh, wow, this guy really should be considered one of the top five best point guards in the history of sport. And then that's one game one night, and then the next game the other night he plays either pedestrian where he doesn't stink, but it doesn't do enough to help his team win, or he flat out stinks up the joint. What you got in game six was pedestrian. Taking seven, taking seven shots, albeit he made four. Uh, he was four of seven, and he was three of five from three. But taking seven shots and 13 points playing, 36 minutes of basketball, it's not good enough. It, 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 it's an, it's a, from, from a guy that, that, I, that's, that I hear from many, is one of the greatest point guards in history, that's not good enough. Taking seven shots, not good enough. Th- uh, 13 points. Not good enough. When Chris Paul has the capability of of, of dropping twenty five, dropping thirty. I mean, come on. I mean, this is the same guy that had a perfect game in a closeout game a few weeks ago against New Orleans Pelicans. And, he, and, and then Chris Paul turns around sometimes just has these games where it's like, Chris. I mean, if 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 you're going to show, if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're if your box score is going to be that is going to be that insignificant, you might as well come off the bench. Because he's has games where it's like, again, where you done not stink, but it's like, but you ask yourself, what the hell did you do exactly to put the team in a better position to win performing the way you did starting rather than coming off the bench? Are you straight up just not playing at all? Because he has games where Chris Paul is just, where he's just nowhere, nowhere to be found. Nowhere. I mean, Devin Booker can't do it all by himself. Sometimes he's going to have off nights. 0 for 4 from 3, uh 6 of 17 from the field, 19 points. I mean, come, when 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 Ayton is your leading score, no disrespect to him, you got problems, Phoenix. You got problems. Top of the fa- they couldn't shoot from 3. 6 6 of 18 from 3, they were atrocious. Atrocious game six. As for the Dallas Mavericks, what can you say? Luka Doncic, one of the best players in the game, one of the best point guards in the sport. 11-26, 33 points for him. 11 rebounds, 8 assists, 4 steals. He took over the basketball game on Thursday night. Took it over. Sensational job. As for this series, you know, back and forth, and again, that was an opportunity for Memphis to close it out. You know, three-two series, three-two series lead heading into Game Six, I had an opportunity to close it out. Game Seven in their building. Let's see what they, let's see what they can do. I am highly concerned, and they beat the brakes off of Dallas in Game uh, in Game Five on Tuesday, destroying them one ten to eighty. I I don't know about you guys, but I I'm a little bit concerned for uh, for the uh, for for the Phoenix Suns, and I'll tell you why. Golden State is waiting. Even if they win Game Seven Sunday night, I'm a little apprehensive whether or not they'll make it through Golden State, because Devin Booker, who's played. And wasn't going and was and wasn't as out with that hamstring injury as we originally thought. But that but if you're a Phoenix Suns fan, Andrew, you bet Phoenix Suns to win the whole thing, that's gotta be in the back of your mind, along with the fact that this team, unlike Milwaukee, unlike Boston, unlike Golden State, unlike Miami. They've had, well not not Miami, Uh, Miami, uh, give or take Miami, but unlike Boston, unlike Milwaukee, unlike Golden State, they've had to work, work in these playoff games. It was no easy task, give them credit, it was no easy task getting through the New Orleans Pelicans in the first round. No easy task. They were a tough, tough, rough out. I mean, we forget. Or, excuse me, if New Orleans wins game six, there's a game seven. New Orleans took the Suns six games and had to play with Devin Booker for, had to play without Devin Booker for a game and a half. Took them six games, won two out of the six games. They had a long series in the opening round and they have a long series in the second round having to play a seventh game. And you just know that if they make it through Dallas tomorrow night, that they're going to have a long series ahead of them in the Western Conference Finals. And then if you make it out of that, then you got to play Giannis and the Bucks. Butler in the heat or Tatum in the Celtics. I'm concerned for Phoenix. I am. I'm concerned. I'm concerned that, 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 that they may not have enough gas left in the tank. And I'm concerned that Chris Paul will, you know, where, where the, where the Chris Paul ho-hum game uh, will, will, will come, will come on a bad night. and will come at the most inconvenient, inopportune times that's what that's what I'm scared of the Chris Paul whole hum game being being inconvenient and them running out of gas so I'm scared for Phoenix going in not I'm scared if they win tomorrow I'm scared for them going into the Golden State Series and I'm scared for them heading into tomorrow too because Chris Paul better show up he better show up take a break. We get to the NFL schedule right after this.
1: T'was in another lifetime, one of toil and blood. When blackness was about you, the road was full of mud. I came in from the wilderness, a creature void of form. Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm. If I pass this way again, you can rest assured. I'll always do my best for her, on that I give my word. In a world of steel, I have death and men who are fighting to be warm. Come in, she said, I'll give you a shelter from the storm. Not a word was spoken between us, there was little risk involved. Everything up to that point had been left unresolved. Try imagining a place where it's always safe and warm. Come in, she said, I'll give you a shelter from the storm.
0: Great song. We welcome you back to the Amataki TIS podcast. It is that time. One of my favorite times in the sports year, of course, you got March Madness, you have the NBA playoffs, you have the NFL playoffs, you have the beginning of the baseball season, you have uh, the beginning of the new football season, but one of my favorite things of the sports calendar, and realistically of the NFL offseason, and it's not free agency, it's not uh it's not the uh it's it's not the scouting combine, it's not the NFL draft. My favorite event quote unquote of the NFL offseason is the schedule being released. It is my favorite time. I love looking at the skills. I love saying, "Oh, who's playing? Who who plays where? Oh, this team has uh, this team has three home games in a row with a with a has three home games in a row with with a bye week in between or or they don't leave this certain part of the country for X amount of time. They get all their, you know, they get such and such games at this place. They, they're they done playing this opponent, this divisional ball by that time. How many primetime games does this team have compared to that team? Are they on Sunday night Football? How many times compared to Monday Night? I love all of that stuff. I love it. I love it. I love it. So what shall we do? Is we shall break down and go through the schedule for the two thousand and twenty two NFL season. As such, um, I will do. I'll do. You know, I'll do this. I'll do the national games first, and go team by team and break down the schedule from that sort from that sort of angle and give you my two cents as we as we move things along. So let's do the prime time schedule first, and then we shall uh and then we shall go by the by the way just to, just for uh i don't know what how in the hell did I whistle while talking i mean that that ain't that the weirdest thing you ever in your life let's first off break down with a with a couple of ground rules okay for one the season will begin on uh the season will begin week one September the eighth. Week one, September eighth, Bills Rams. My two, th- my two cents on the first game of the year being Bills Rams. Lots of people said and and wanted and screamed and yelled from the heavens that the NFL has to make the first game of the new season. They ha- the the Rams are gonna, you know, the Rams playing it by default, and it's you know. I don't know how long the NFL's been doing this, but it's always been a custom that the Super Bowl champion from the previous season opens up the following season on that Thursday night game, the first Thursday night of the new year. Um, You guys know how much I would have loved for the Bengals to have that, for for the Bengals to have that first game and just think if the Bengals had that, had that, uh, had the, uh, had the uh, the kickoff game, you know, do do you put, do you, because the Bills are also on the Bengals schedule too. Do you, you know, do they play the Bills? Do they play the Bills? Do you want the Bengals to play the Bills? Do they want them to play Kansas City again? Do we put them up against Brady and the Bucks because Brady's out of because re- Brady's out of retirement? The Brady the Brady Burrow comparisons. Do we throw in the do we do we put the Ravens there with 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 Burrow versus Lamar Jackson? You know do we do we put them up do we put them up against uh, do we put them up against the, their arch nemesis in the Pittsburgh Steelers? I mean, it, I mean. oh, I, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I was in a parallel universe where the Bengals won the Super Bowl, and that could be the element of conversation. But it's not. The Rams won it, you know, much, of course, to my chagrin. And lots of people, not so much me, because I could care less who the Rams play. I, I'll i watch it regardless who they play it doesn't matter it, it, I mean who they who you, who the who the Super Bowl champion plays to open up the new season I could care less I, mean, I think it's it, that that was a completely overrated and talked about thing or oh, who who should the Rams open up the new season against you know and and why it has to be the ball I could care less you know if they wanted to open up the season Rams and Forty ers I wouldn't have kicked and screamed it was their arch their arch division rivals playing the same state rematch in the NFC championship game. Let's let us go let's you know Rams 29 week 1 let's go Jimmy Garoppolo Matthew Stafford one more time. I mean I I wouldn't I wouldn't have complained about it. Third time the, the third time that those two teams played each other in a what? In a 8-9 month period because they played each other week 18 and then a couple of weeks went by, and then it, so they'd be like, you know, the third match between these two teams in the last night, in the last, uh, in the last nine months. So I wouldn't have cared, but everybody wanted Bills Rams because everybody, I understand why everybody's high on the, I, everybody's high on the Bills. Everybody, the Bills are right back into the conversation as being everybody's flavor of the month in the AFC. They were heading into this season, but still they had to give some sort of credence and, and, and courtesy, respect to Kansas City Chiefs because they did end up winning the AFC again. They did win the Super Bowl again, or win the Super Bowl. They did go to the Super Bowl again. Now that the fact that Tyree, that Tyree kills out the door, Tyron Matthews at the door, out the door, and they aren't as good of a team, at least on paper. Now, uh, that's why they got to play the games. But on paper, this cheer, this Chiefs team is nowhere near as good as it was last season, the week, the year before that, and in 2019, their championship season, or even their 2018, uh team that lost to the Patriots in overtime in the AFC Championship game, the, the 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 Kansas City Chiefs, and they still may end up winning the division. But I think regular season wise, this is not a this is not. One of Kansas, City, you're not going. Don't expect to see one of Kansas City's better teams this season and this season in 2022. Now, now, granted, you know they could go 10 and seven or 11 and six and win the Super Bowl. So I, so I, I understand all that, that, that that that's that there's a that there's a caveat to it. But this is not. But this is not a. This is not going to be a a a. You know, you're not going to see the Kansas City Chiefs in my eyes win no more than twelve to thirteen games. If they if they go twelve and five if you're a Chiefs fan, I'd take that. And your competitive division I'd take that. But the reason why I bring that up is because of the fact that the, that the big, bad Kansas City— I understand everybody's going to, you know, go gaga over Mahomes, but everybody realizes that, that Patrick Mahomes isn't, isn't, isn't what makes up the fifty three of the Kansas City Chiefs, that they, that they need players around them, and definitely Tyreek Hill being gone definitely severely hurts the Kansas City Chiefs' chances as being a big-time juggernaut. And have, still a force to be reckoned with, still got to respect them, but uh, and and, and 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 you gotta play your best when you play them, but th- but the Kansas City Chiefs are not nearly as good on paper heading into this season as they were in seasons past. That's the overall point I'm trying to make, and the one of the reasons why everybody is 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 chanting the Buffalo Bills fight song and jumping through our tables, you know, calling for the you know predicting in the month of May for crying out loud that the Buffalo Bills are going to represent the AFC. Uh, and, and are going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Bengals, everybody, okay, yeah, hey, cute little story, Cincinnati, Ohio, Cincinnati Bengals, Mike Brown, no indoor practice facility. You guys have a nice little cute little story, but hey, you're not here to last, you know, whatever, you know. So everybody, you know, and, and all of a sudden, you know, the Cleveland Browns all of a sudden have turned into championship juggernauts They damn selves with no Jarvis Landry and a Deshaun, and, and, a, uh, and a flawed Deshaun Watson, who's probably going to sit half of the season, I pray to the got to the good lord himself that he misses the entire season. All of a sudden the Cleveland Browns all ha- have leapfrogged over the Cincinnati Bengals because they traded because they traded a King's Rantal for a quarterback that hasn't played in over a season. Okay. And then of course with the Baltimore Ravens who, uh, you know, better make sure Rashad Bateman shows up and shows out. Uh, as as their as their number one wide receiver, or else it'll just be Mark Andrews that all Lamar Jackson has to throw to, with Greg Roman still hindering that Raven offense. Now it'll be a damn good football team because Harbaugh's a good coach, and that defense will, in my estimation, will probably be top ten in the National Football League, and it'll be and you'll be have to pull teeth in order in order to drop thirty on them the way the Bengals did this past season, but. But they often. I would, but it also wouldn't surprise me if, if at some point or another during the season, the Ravens' offense is towards is towards the bottom of the total pole. But anyway, you got that Buffalo, and plus, the, and plus, you know, the, they're more they're a more experienced bunch. You know, honestly the Raiders made the playoffs last year, but he got a first year head coach Josh McDaniels. And you and and if you don't take uh Josh Allen over Derek Carr, you need your head examined. That's that's one reason. Also because of the fact, you know, Russell Wilson and Denver Broncos, yes, and the whole uh quarterback that leaves old team, goes to new team, wins Super Bowl first year, their uh motif exists with Stafford and Brady back to back. But also, but they also got a first-year head coach themselves, who's a who who you know you what you figure out and you wonder how much a part of the uh, of the of the Green Bay Packers offense is he really with uh, with LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers sitting there. But everybody's uh, flavor of the month, uh, at least during the off season, especially you know going out there signing Von Miller, this that and the other. it it's been, it's been the Buffalo Bills. And the fact that everybody, you know, feels sorry for Buffalo because poor little Josh Allen didn't get his hands on the football because Sean McDermott wasn't smart enough to squib kick it and allow Ken and stop. And Leslie Frazier's defense wasn't, wasn't uh, savvy enough and capable enough to stop Kansas City with 13 seconds to go in the fourth quarter in that divisional playoff game uh classic and and everybody you know loves Justin Herbert but it's like somehow some way you know they love Herbert but they don't love Staley, which is why everybody is not necessarily uh banging the pom-poms for the LA Chargers cuz they love the quarterback they love the team getting Khalil Mack like this that, and the other but everybody has a suspicion that you know whatever can go wrong will go wrong because it's been the Chargers uh, you know the Chargers history for the better part of the last what, uh, fifteen plus years or whatever? On top of the fact that they can't get the i the the image of Brandon Staley passing up on a tie in that Week 18 game against the uh, against the Raiders back in January out of their head, uh, which is another reason why everybody isn't going crazy on the Chargers and it's been you know Bills Mafia. Anyway, long long and short of it, you get Bills Rams in the opening game. Uh, And of course, the season begins Sunday, September the 11th and ends in week 18 in January of uh, 2023, which is a standby, which will be the weekend of January the 8th. And you'll have football New Year's Day on uh, January 1st, 2023. So that's your parameters on on when the season will begin, when the season will end. As far as the prime time schedule is concerned, uh, I'll do Sunday night first. I just go Sunday night, Monday night, then Thursday night. Sunday night schedule. Um, I got one complaint out of it, which I will address here in a minute. Sunday night schedule, not bad. Um, uh, they had Dallas and the Bucks last year for the kickoff game. They get them Sunday night uh week one which isn't a which isn't a bad game that, that brady you know brady coming out of retirement in dallas uh in dallas um uh in Dallas against the cowboys the, one of the and i as much as i can't stand the cowboys i will give i will give them props on this their stadium comes across so well. Not only on television when you watch games playing it, when not and not really dig it. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Not their, not just they. Their stadium comes across so well on television, like Cowboy Stadium, AT T, whatever. So night game, day game, whatever. It, it looks so photo. The stadium's just fo, so photogenic when watching a football game on television. I, I it, it's it's chef's kiss watching watching uh watching watching. A, a a Dallas Cowboy. I I I, I hate them, but I got to give them credit. Watching watching their home games, you know, their their stadiums that you know when teams play it's it's depressing. <clears throat> uh, Soldier Field for the Chicago Bears being one of them, but but AT and T Stadium looks so well on television, especially especially when it's night games and especially when they're playing an opponent that has a bright color, you know, because the Dallas Cowboys wear white at home. When they're playing a team that has a that wears a that wears Wears a uh, uh, a bright colored uniform, especially 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 if it's a red, you know, the, with the Bucks, the Cardinals, the Chi San Francisco. If you if you got a bright colored home uniform, it comes across incredible in that stadium. It's a, it's a very, very photogenic thing, but anyway, I digress, I'm wasting time. Uh the week one game is a good game, but between the Bucks and the Dallas Cowboys. Uh week two is the one I want to scream and yell about here in a minute. Uh San Francisco, San Francisco and the Broncos is a good game. Week three. Russ Wilson going up against the San Francisco 49ers this time as the Denver Broncos. Uh, that should be an intriguing football game. Rematch Super Bowl fifty-five. Brady versus Mahomes one more time in week four. You know week four and week five, you can't go wrong. You got Brady you got Brady versus Mahomes uh week four and then you got uh and then you got uh Burrow versus Burrow versus uh the Ravens in Week Five, the week after that, in Baltimore, uh, returning to the scene of the crime where Jamar Chase went absolutely bonkers in that in that game back in October last year. Week Five, you know, I have that game circled on my calendar. I am I am praying to the I am praying to the good Lord Himself that the stars will align for me and my family to to have an opportunity to get to get down to the bank. And experience that game because one, I've always wanted to experience going to a night, going to a night Ravens game because especially in the last couple of years because they've updated, and remodeled stadium and the pyrotechnics and the flashing lights. So I, I got it. If there's, I gotta get to that game. Week five. It's still warm. It's uh, I believe week five. That is on October the ninth. I believe. Yes, October the 9th, still be warm right before my sister's birthday. Yours truly will make it his business to get to Baltimore for the week five game for the week. Sorry, with that, with the mic for that week five game. The first of two between my Cincinnati Bengals and Baltimore Ravens. That's a good that's an excellent game. Week six, uh, week six is okay. You know the Philadelphia Eagles should be better this season. Added some firepower. NBC loves to run to Dallas and loves to run to the NFC East matchups. So that's a given. You know, not my favorite, but this certainly a solid football game at least on paper. Week seven is a is a game that you know I uh, you know I, you figure that NBC really you know week seven is what you're going to give us. The Steelers with Mitch Trubisky and uh, and the Miami Dolphins with Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, that is a game. That I tell you, that is a game that that could go south and could uh, and could put you to sleep if you're not careful. And the Week Seven primetime games that week aren't that great anyway. Uh, Saints and the Cardinals on Thursday night is not a great game. And Week Seven uh, Bears and Patriots October twenty fourth. That is going to be the Monday. I believe it will be the Monday before the World Series, if I'm not mistaken. Uh that will that Monday game was a that Monday night game was a complete bore and a complete The Week the Week seven primetime game is not not that good. Bears and Pats, no thank you. Uh Saints and Cardinals. Eh. And Steelers and and but and, and here and and if both teams made the playoffs, they if for the Steelers made the playoffs, they to be absolutely shocked. But I expect both of those two teams to 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 find a way to win eight or nine games this year. They'll be competitive, but that is not that's not a good Sunday night football game. I'm sorry. I understand the Steelers. I get it, but Mitch Trubisky and Tua Tagovailoa uh, does not exactly uh, sell nationwide. That that my friends would not shock me. As as be, that would not shock me as being NBC's lowest out of all the uh out of they got one they got four eight four eight twelve sixteen twenty they got twenty they got twenty nine and that's not even counting the playoff games they got twenty regular season games NBC has this year it would not surprise me in the slightest. If Steelers and Dolphins is the lowest is the lowest rated one, because that game, yeah, I a, Kenny Pickett and or Mitch Trubisky and two attack Aloha does not. It it it, it, it they uh watch the game obviously, but you know it it does. When 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 you talk about a attraction, I mean when you talk about track that that doesn't do you any favors. You, you go from Brady and Mahomes in Week Four. To uh, to to Tua and uh, and Mitch Trubisky a few weeks later. I mean, really. And in a week, and, and it's funny. The week after that, you got Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen. So you get, so you got Brady and Mahomes in week four. Three weeks later, you got the garbage. And then a week after that, and then a week after that, you got you got two of the best quarterbacks in the league with the back-to-back NFL MVP and. And Rodgers going up against the uh going up against the tremendous talent in Josh Allen in week eight. But the week eight game is is a, is a sensational game. Week nine. Week nine is an interesting game too. It'd be funny to see where Tennessee is come week nine, but that's a good game too. Week ten week ten is a it's it, it's a it's a good game, not a great game. San Francisco, you know, we'll see. We'll see how they fare out. We'll we'll see how they fare out at that point in time of the season. Uh, and of course, you can't go wrong putting the Chargers on TVs. So that's not a that's not a bad game. San, uh, that's not a bad game. Then the following week, Bengals and Steelers. Again, not a great game. Not a bad game because it's a not a bad game, but it's a because it's a rivalry. AFC North. But, you know, if the Bengals are clicking on all cylinders and can't do no wrong, and essentially picking up right from where they left off, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are, are, you know, got a quarterback controversy and are fumbling and bubbling their way between uh, Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, you know, it it you know that game could that game could have, But the, and also, let's not forget either the last two the the the, the two previous games that the bank that the Bengals and Steelers have played have been have been completely one-sided bloodbaths. It's not like that the la- that the two Bengals and Steelers games that we saw in 2021 came down to the wire. The Bengals beat the brakes off the Steelers Thanksgiving weekend in their building, and then in Pittsburgh in early September they were competitive and then completely fell off the and then the wheels completely fall off fell off in the in the third and fourth quarter so if the if the Bengals are or if the Bengals are playing up the snuff that game, you know, that game could have, you know, 31 could it could have, you know, 31-10, 31-17 written all over it and goodbye, goodnight and see you Monday morning. Uh, the, and then the thanks, and then the Thanksgiving game about f- five or so days later, uh, between the Patriots and the Vikings. Decent game, not a great game. I've seen enough on, uh, I've seen enough of Kirk Cousins in prime time to last me a lifetime. Uh, they won't have to freeze; they'll be happy about that. Um, on Thanksgiving, uh, and the Patriots, who will be a good football team this, who will be a good football team this year. It's just, it's you know, Mac Jones is not exactly Tom Brady when it comes to attracting eyeballs. So that fa- that Thanksgiving game is a lot left to be desired. Again, I've seen Kirk Cousins on T. I've seen Kirk Cousins play on Thanksgiving and on national TV. You know, en- uh, enough. It's enough to seeing Kirk Cousins on uh, on primetime national television. The Week Twelve game the following Sunday isn't a bad game per se. You know, uh, you throw us the Eagles, throw us the NFC East again with the Eagles, and of course Rodgers. If the Eagles are still holding their weight, Packers playing good football, that's a decent game. I I could I could see it being an absolute bloodbath and a blowout, but it's a good, not great, good game on paper. Week twelve, week thirteen, Cowboys, Cowboys and Colts is is another is in the same category as Steelers and Dolphins. Matt Ryan and Dak Prescott don't exactly, you know, provide a little oomph in my step, you know, whether you know, wherever I'm going to be come come uh, you know early December of uh, of 2022, wherever I'm going to be, as far as college is concerned, it's not exactly going to motivate me to turn on my TV or. Or 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 pop up my computer, my iPad to get to the NBC Sports Apple website to watch. Uh, again, I pro- most I'm saying this in spite of the fact that most likely I'm going to watch the games because I'm a degenerate and I love football. I'm addicted to it, but again. Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan do not exactly provide extra motivation to get in front of the to get in front of the TV or the iPad or the computer screen and watch those two quarterbacks, uh, you know, duke it out on Sunday Night Football. I understand Dallas is Dallas, but still, I mean, and Matt Ryan's a former NFL MVP. But uh, uh, Cowboys and Cowboys in Dallas, Week Thirteen. I mean, I'd, I'd, me personally, I'd rather see Buffalo and New England. Who's, who's the Thursday night matchup of the week? Uh, and the Monday night game ain't that, it, it ain't that much better either, with the Saints and the Bucks. Decent, but not that great of a game. Week fourteen, you got the chart, you got the chart, you got the uh, Broncos and the Chiefs. If this was last year, week fourteen again, I'd be kicking the screen with the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos, obviously, have a much better team because they got Russell Wilson. That should be a hell of a football game. Week 14. Week 15, get the Patriots again. Uh when they go up against the Raiders, that should be a good, not great. And again, it all depends on how well these two teams are playing heading into this game. Josh McDaniels goes up against his uh goes up against his uh his mentor and Belichick. We shall see week 15 because Sunday falls on Christmas. You get a week 16 Sunday night football game, Christmas night. Bucks and Cardinals should be a very very good entertaining game. Uh, Tom Brady, you got Tom Brady and the Bucks on Christmas night. Uh, can't can't go wrong with that. And then the Battle of L.A. Week 17, Rams and Chargers on New Year's Day should be an absolute freaking doozy of a game. And then of course a Week 18 game to be determined, like they've done throughout the last what, uh, sixteen or so years in the history of NBCs. Sunday night football. So just to recap, um the the Green Bay Packers are on Sunday night football twice. The Patriots are on Sunday night football, technically once, but twice because they got the Thanksgiving game. The San Francisco 49ers are also on Sunday night football twice. The Cowboys are on Sunday night football twice. The uh, or excuse me, the Cowboys are on Sunday night football three times. Week one, week six, and week thirteen. Uh week one and week thirteen are home games, the road game against the Eagles in week six. Bengals get two Sunday night football games, week both divisional, week five against the Ravens, week eleven against the Steelers. The Chiefs get three Sunday night football games, week four against the Bucks, week nine against the Titans, week fourteen against uh against the Denver Broncos. Uh the Bucks are on three times. Week one against against Dallas, week four against Kansas City, and uh, and Christmas night week sixteen. Am I missing anything else? Chargers on twice week ten week seventeen. Uh, Denver Broncos on twice week three week fourteen. Um, anything else? And the Rams are on, uh, are on are on excuse me NBC twice um, with the kickoff game and then week seventeen. Wow, on the defending champs. Only on n b c twice and there's a large you know and there's a large amount of time i mean you got the first first game and i mean think about it if it, if you didn't have an eighteen week if you didn't have an eighteen weeks it'd be the first week of the regular season and the last week i mean you got sixty weeks in between you know wow. For the defending champs, no less. I mean, uh, maybe NBC got sick of doing got sick of doing the Rams games. They did the Rams. They did the Rams Bucks game the division round, and the Rams were... I don't know. I mean, two games for the two games for the Rams. I mean, come on. Man. Me personally, my honest estimation, the cow the Dallas Cowboys out of all of this. We get right to... and the Green Bay Packers won three times: week two, week eight, week twelve. Cow the Packers I can live with because it's the Packers and because uh, it's the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. But the Dallas Cowboys should not be on Sunday night football more times than the defending Super Bowl champions. Uh um, again, Cowboys, this guy and this part of where the Dallas Cowboys that drives you crazy because, because you get the Dallas Cowboys jammed down your throat every way you turn. Dallas Cowboys aren't the defending Super Bowl champions. The Los Angeles Rams are. Why the are Los Angeles Rams on and technically not they're on Sunday Night Football once. Kickoff game is on a Thursday. They're on act. They play an actual Sunday Night Football game one time, and it's the second to last week of the regular season. Meanwhile, Dallas is on three times. I mean, really. I understand this is Dallas, but I mean, come on. Los, Los Angeles and the defending champs. They're the defending champs. The Dallas Cowboys, you know, got got a scratch and claw, and, and go, it's, it's like sitting through a root canal to see them win a to see him win a playoff game. Got to be fair. Got to be fair. And 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 another thing, and this is the big gripe I have, and this is the big gripe I have. You know, I was in you know mediocre games, the Thanksgiving game the the Colts, Cowboys, and Steel Steelers, and Dolphins, and even Bengals and Steelers. That's a, I love the fact that the Bengals are on Sunday night, but they're but it, the, the Steelers. I mean, I mean, I mean, come on, not, not yeah. mediocre game for the I and my but my biggest complaint on Sunday night football schedule is this. Overall, if you were to ask me, give it grade, I give it a B. Uh, I give it a B. Uh, but here's my biggest gripe, and my biggest complaint. You no, know, can we? I, I, and I thought I, I emphasized this enough last year. You know, can we stop putting the god frick, the, the the gosh damn Chicago Bears on Sunday Night Football, please? Can we stop with putting the Chicago Bears on Sunday Night Football? What the hell have the Chicago Bears done? to warrant being on the biggest prime-time television stage that an NFL team could have, and that's playing on NBC Sunday Night Football. The last game of, of the Sunday of, of NFL games. What have they done? What have they done? What have they done? What? I mean, it is a freak... Let me tell you how much this is such i mean can, why in the world why in the world are they on why can somebody explain can somebody explain to me why are they on only once not only once why are they on at all why if you want to be technical about it, the bills have the same amount of true Sunday night games. As Chicago Bears do. And that's a disgrace. The Buffalo Bills win playoff games. They win divisions. Their quarterback is entertaining. Fun to watch. Not saying that, that Justin Fields is. I'm talking about in the previous years when they subjected us to watching Mitch Trubisky. They compete for Super Bowls. The Chicago Bears are in the middle of a freaking rebuild. What the hell are they on Sunday Night Football for? Why? Because they're playing the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. Whoop the damn do! Get the Chicago Bears the hell off my TV screen for the nine millionth time. NFL. I don't care that it's Lambeau Field. I don't care it's the Green Bay Packers. I don't care Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback. The greatness of the the greatness and the legacy and the history of the of the Green Bay Packers organization has. Has nothing to do with the fact that the Chicago Bears are a complete bore and utter eye sore to watch play, especially against the Green Bay Packers. How many times is the NFL going to keep on subjecting us to this one-sided, boring, dull, overrated matchup slash quote unquote rivalry between the Bears and Packers? It's enough. The only thing positive I've to say about it is that you got it out of the way early in week 2. Because if it was because if it was in if it was later in the season in the month of December like y'all typically do when the Bears are out of it and the Packers are running away with the NFC North, then I'd have a really if you think I have a problem now, I'd really have a major problem. But thank God you got it out the way early in the season in week 2 so if there's a decent sunday night baseball game on an alternate you know when two teams you know are pennant chasing in late september i can watch that instead of being subjected to seeing the bears get their heads uh get their heads blown off for the 9 million times and their heads bashed in for the 5 millionth time by Aaron Rodgers and the green bay packers at lambo field cuz it's enough uh, it's tedious. And I'm sick and damn tired of seeing them play on Sunday night football. And the same thing with Monday night. I mean, what what the hell have the Chicago Bears done to earn having three primetime games—one on Monday night and two on Sunday night football, or one on Sunday night football, one on Monday night? What have they done? They stink. They lost. They they finished in la, They finished second to last last year. Double digit double digit losses. They had to fire their head coach. What have they done? They stink. And do not tell me, and do not give me, the argument of, well, it's Chicago, it's a large market. Who the hell cares? I don't, quite frankly, give a damn where the Chicago Bears play, that they play in Chicago. The NFL is the only pro sports league where market size does not frickin' matter, Okay? The Green Bay Packers are on television a bunch. A bunch. One Thursday night, one Monday night game, and three Sunday night games. You know how small Green Bay was? You ever been to Green Bay, Wisconsin? I haven't, but you ever been? You know how small it is? Smallest market in the National Football League. They're on TV a bunch. Why? Because they have superstars, they're competitive, and they win. That's Why? The Cincinnati Bengals are, 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 are in a class of, uh, are in a class of uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 teams that are shown in prime time the most. Little old Cincinnati, Ohio, sitting on the Ohio River. Buffalo Bills got five primetime games. Last time I checked, Buffalo, New York ain't exactly a borough in New York City. Alright. Small little Las Vegas, they're on four times. Indianapolis on four times. Baltimore on three. is the only pro sports league where 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 the where the market size argument one ear out the other. Because the NFL doesn't depend on market size for their for their TV ratings. Baseball does for sure. NBA a little bit, NFL not so much. They rely on they rely on what team is good, what what team is good, what team is competitive, what team is everybody's flavor of the month that everybody loves that that everybody loves to say on social media and on television and on radio that they love to watch. What team ha- has 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 the most amount of players that's on everybody's fantasy team that everybody loves that everybody loves to root for the star quarterback Josh Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, uh Joe Burrow, you name it, uh, Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady. What 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 team? what teams uh what teams have those intangibles on it? Are they compete? Are they a Super Bowl contender? Are are they a team that everybody's picking to go to the Super Bowl, win a division, you know, make it to the make it to a conference championship? That's what that's what the NFL fan cares about. That's what they care about. They don't care about market size and 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 and, and what city will get a higher TV rating They're not interested in that. Okay? The, the, nobody wants to watch the New York Jets and the New York football Giants, maybe not this season, but in the last 10 years or so, nobody wants to watch the New York Giants and New York Jets play football. And that's New York freaking city, and nobody wants to watch them play. People would rather watch little old Green Bay Wisconsin's Packers or little Buffalo New York's Buffalo Bills than watch teams like. The Giants and the Jets out of New York City and the team stinks. Or the Chicago Bears and the team stinks. Nobody wants to watch bad football. I don't give a damn where they play. They can can play on Mars for all I care. Nobody wants to watch bad football teams. And the NFL can't. Use the market argument and you know, the market size argument to put the Bears for their reasoning to put the Bears on television a whole hell of a lot. And then you turn around and every way you look, you know, it's the teams with the big time quarterbacks that's getting that's getting promoted and getting put on the pedestal every five seconds. You can't you can't play both sides of the coin. It's either all about the quarterbacks and the stars that are on the team and the competitiveness and how good the team is or the market size because you can't play it both ways. The only league that can kind of sort of do that and get away with it is the NBA. It's the reason why it's the reason why the the, the Los Angeles Lakers haven't haven't played a basketball game in well over a month and they're still talked about on on uh, on on Sports Center and First Take. The Brooklyn Nets haven't played in about 3 weeks. They're still talked about. Why? New York City and LA So market size matters a little bit in the NBA, but not overwhelmingly because the Milwaukee Bucks have been on television constantly in the last two seasons or so. And Milwaukee, Wisconsin is not New York City. It's not Los Angeles. They're on TV a bunch. Why? Because they win, they're competitive, and they got the best player in the sport on their team. That's why. As for the Monday Night Football schedule, Week One matchup, uh, I don't like. I can live with it because it's the juicy factor of Russell Wilson returning home to Seattle first game see, but which and that will by far be Seattle's biggest crowd of the uh, be Seattle's biggest crowd of this of the uh, of the, of the season will be that Monday Night game. But uh that I but that game has been tends to be an absolute bore snoozer as well. Week one game I don't love. The week two doubleheader going you know where the two games cannibalize each other with the Titans and the and the uh and the Bills on ESPN and then the Eagles and Vikings on ABC. Um They're okay games, not great. Week three Cowboys Giants, I don't love uh again sick damn tired of seeing Giants on on, on, on freaking national television. I can kill us with the NFC East angle. They can play that to the Calvin. I mean yeah. hadn't Buck and Aikman been subjected to enough Dallas, Dallas and Dallas and Giant games enough in their broadcasting career? My God. Week four uh Rams and 49ers rematch championship game, that's a decent game. Week five Raiders Chiefs, good Week six, Broncos Chargers, good. Week seven, you could put me to sleep for that one. Bears and and, and New England Patriots. I'll pass. Uh, they got they got a game on a Sunday, October thirtieth. or that game will air exclusively on ESPN Plus uh, between the Broncos and the Jaguars. No thank you. Uh, I'll sleep in or go to church to avoid watching that game uh Bengals and Bengals and Browns is a good game on Monday night Halloween night in Cleveland week 8 uh week 9 uh, you get the Ravens and the Saints decent game not great decent um week 10 Eagles and uh, Eagles and, and 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 Washington nobody asked for uh nobody cares about Carson Wentz returning to Philadelphia Washington uh well not I don't think it'll be that very good of, they'll be competitive but it won't be that good this season week 10 I'll take a pass uh week 11 international game in Mexico City will be a good game for at least on paper 49ers and Cardinals Steelers and Colts uh on in week 12 not a good game uh and both teams will be combat but again you know Monday football it's got to have that pizzazz and umph and Matt Ryan and Mitch Trubisky do not uh, do not provide that for yours truly Saints and Bucks eh. You know, if the Saints are in playoff contention, if Jameis is playing well, you know, maybe. Uh, and it is Brady, so to get away with it that time. Uh, Patriots and Cardinals, Week 14, all right. Week 15, arguably, I think is the best Monday Night Football game on the schedule. Got a defending chance walking in the limbo in the December cold, Week 15. Rams and Rams and Packers be a hell of a football game. Uh, week 15 on December 19th, day after Christmas. Chargers and Colts, decent game, not great, but could could have playoff implications in it. Uh, in it with the gauntlet of the AFC uh, that the AFC is. Week 17, Bills and uh, well, actually, wow, wow, I forgot about that. Wow, two two games in a three-week period. Make you make the argument best Monday night football games on paper heading on on the schedule. You can make it a third with Raiders and Chiefs, but I'm not going to go there quite yet. But wow, Ram and and these are two games also that that could you know who gets the number one seed, who get who gets the buy. Ram Rams Rams and Packers. And Bills and Bengals. Wow. Those two have the opportunity to be tremendous, tremendous football games to decide the number one seed. I mean, you could have, I mean, those those teams, those two teams, I mean, and, and, um, now, the Bengals may not, depending on how it goes, the Bengals may not have the division locked up by that time. But those two games, Week 15 and Week 17, with a decent Colt-Charger game sandwiched in between, have the potential to be classic football games. Again, with playoff implications as far as seating is concerned. though Those are the two best games on the schedule, Monday night. Week fifteen, week seventeen, Rams, Packers, Bills, Bengals, two best on the schedule by far, and a and a, and a good third one is Broncos and Ra- Broncos and Chargers, week six, October seventeenth. Sch- uh, if you want me to grade the schedule, I give it a C C+. You know, having the Bears on, having the Bears on, kills it. Having the Giants on, kills it. Washington, having Washington on, kills it. The Saints twice, kills it. They'll be good, but, you know, Jameis Winston, eh, kills it. Kirk Cousins stinks on Monday night, that kills it too. If Deshaun Watson is still suspended by week eight, that absolutely murders that uh, that Bengals-Browns game on Halloween night. C plus. C plus. Yeah, the f the forty forty nine is Rams. Forty right. Niners Rams. Good game. Raiders, Chiefs, alright. Uh Broncos. Broncos and, and Chargers. Sensational. Patriots, Cardinals, good. And uh, Chargers, Colts good. And then the two bangers. Rams and Packers and Bills and Bengals. And they, and they, for whatever reason, feel the need to still have that asinine uh, doubleheader Week 17 on that Saturday, which is, uh, was one of the biggest wasted times in the history of the National Football League and television. And a Thursday night on Prime Video, the first game in the history of Amazon on Prime. Uh, Chargers and Chiefs, excellent game Week 15, or excuse me, September 15th, Week 2. Steelers and Browns week three, eh? Dolphins and Bengals week four, solid. Um, Colts and Colts and uh, Broncos week five, eh? Uh, Washington and the Bears kill me. I mean, why in God's name again, I understand they got to get, you know, they got to get essentially all thirty-two teams on Thursday night, and and it is early in the season. But good lord, who in the hell wants to sit up and watch? Uh, sit up and watch Washington and the uh, and the Chicago Bears week 6. Uh I hope and pray to God that there is a solid baseball game on that night so I can blow that game off. I mean my goodness gracious me. Uh that is that is an early that's October 13th. I pray to God that he, you know, that is that will be towards the end of the ALD. I pray to God that it, that it's that it's that it's uh that it's um that that it's Yanke- that it's Yankees and Astros or Yankees and White Sox playing in a game five at AODS that night. Good lord, good bunch, Jim. That is a terrible football game. Saints and Cardinals week seven. All right, uh, this is this is uh, and if I'm looking at it, and honestly, you may. This the, this Ravens Bucks game is the second best game on a Thursday night schedule. I don't think I don't and Rams Rams and Raiders is close. I don't think Titans and 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 Packers will be Week 11, but uh, the Chargers and Chiefs, of course, trying to replicate the classic those two teams played in Week 15 last year. This one is 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 the second best on the schedule. Ram, excuse me, Ravens and Bucks, week 8. Brady versus Brady versus uh, Lamar Jackson too. Week 9, Pass Eagles and Texans garbage. Week 10, Falcons Panthers garbage. Uh week 11, OK Titans and uh, Titans and uh, and uh and and Packers. Week 13, Bills and Patriots is a good game. Not not great good. Um, the division, you know, uh, playoff seating, I, the papers, I think are going to be a wild card team. It just, you know, but those two teams have, uh, have, you know, if, if things break right, they could, uh, they could have a, a, a solid season this year with a deep playoff run. Rams and Raiders is okay. Well, not okay. It's good. Not great. Um, uh, and on week 14, 49ers and Seahawks week 15. Uh, week fifteen, not a good game. Uh, Jaguars Jets week sixteen will be an absolute snooze fest. Um, uh, and then of course Cowboys and Titans could be all right in week uh in week seventeen, uh in week seventeen on Prime Video. So that's your prime time schedule. Uh, your holiday, you got rank, you got Packers and Dolphins, and and it's funny. You know, I was I was DMing, I was I'm in a I'm in quite a few of uh, group chats on Twitter, and I remember in late January, I think it was, we were talking. I don't know how it came up, but I was like, what the NFL should do since Christmas falls on a Sunday this year. Is you do what they did, what they, when Christmas fell on a Sunday in 2011, and that's have all of your Sunday action the day before on Christmas Eve, all of your regular season action Christmas Eve have no have no night game, have no night game and put the sun and have the Sunday night game remain on Sunday night and have it on Christmas night, but the only catches that you have a game. You have you have a game at one o'clock, and you have a game on at four thirty, and you have the and then you have the Sunday game on NBC. So basically, have the same have the same three windows like you would a regular NFL Sunday, but instead of having all the games go up up against each other all at once, have them be standalone national televised games, and give Fox a game, give CBS a game, give NBC a game, and then have your regular. You know, one one o'clock and four o'clock games go on the day before on Christmas Eve, which is what the NFL did. uh, Which, what the NFL did, it must have hacked into my Twitter and been reading my DMs. Uh, You got the Packers, Dolphins, Christmas Day. Uh, Boy, it'll be a it'll be a funky change of pace. The Packers, who played in frigid Lambeau last year or, or this past Christmas against the uh, Browns this past Christmas, go down to sunny Florida and spend uh, and spend Christmas morning, Christmas day in the in the Miami Heat. That'll be a different change of pace for the Green Bay Packers in the middle of the winter time and in uh, in mid uh, in mid late December. Packers, Dolphins, Christmas Day on Fox, which is a decent game. The Christmas Day games are better than the Thanksgiving games. I think the NFL did it on purpose because the NFL knows Thanksgiving is their day stand alone. You know, in their sleep, they can draw 20 million people for their Thanksgiving games. They really went out of their way to pick a decent uh, Christmas Day slate to give the old middle finger to the NBA, which in Christmas Day used to be the NBA's day. (laughs) The NFL, you know, you know... Evan Almighty, you know, they don't give a damn about about the other sports leagues. It's me, myself, and I with the National Football League dominating every single sport, you know, like no other for the last, as long as I can remember. Uh, and then, of course, you got 4.30 on CBS, and that will also be a Nickelodeon game simulcast. Denver Broncos going to Los Angeles, Russell Wilson. Once more, takes on Aaron Donald and the Los Angeles Rams. That that will be that will be the highest-rated game. I predict be the that will be the highest-rated game of uh, of the day. 4:30, 4:30 Broncos Rams. You know, you finish opening the gifts. You know, if you spent Christmas at home, you get a couple breathing from the family who you've been on top of. As soon as it's eight o'clock in the morning, uh, you know dinner is being prepared. So allow yourself to kind of get away from everybody for a little bit. You know, eight twenty NBC, you know, people people watching Christmas watching the Christmas movies, the Christmas specials, this that and the other. So uh, you know, plus people are probably dog tired because the holidays is you know, it's coming and gone and it's 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 dwindling down, coming to a close. Um, but it is Brady which will help the ratings a little bit. And Buccaneers Corners isn't a bad game whatsoever. But it is Los Angeles. They are the defending champs and CBS seems to have a home run every single time they get one of these standalone games all to themselves, whether it be Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving playoff games, you name it. NBC, does, or excuse me, CBS does wonders in the ratings with their NFL games. I, I, they, next to NBC, uh, are the best in the business as far as production for, for, for the NFL. They do a top, you know, the graphics, their announcers, their studio, their, their, their studio crew, you know how much I love the NFL on CBS theme songs. One of the one of my favorite sports theme songs in the history of sports television. But uh, you got Packers Dolphins on Fox, Broncos Rams CBS, Buccaneers Cardinals Sunday night, which is which the pretty good, very good Christmas Day slate of games. Thanksgiving Day slate of games stink. Uh, Bills and I understand it's the Buffalo Bills. I I I, I, I grant you that. Uh, but that game stinks. CBS is their turn to be in Detroit this year, so so wronged. so Jim and Tony, who will, ha- who will work Christmas and Thanksgiving and probably New Year and probably also New Year's Day as well, uh, they will get they will be stuck with the garbage, or uh, they'll get they'll get the goodies on Christmas. They'll be stuck with the garbage and at least get it out the way early in the afternoon. Uh, with Bills and Lions, when he went to Detroit two years ago in 2020, when he had no fans, the Texas the Texans beat the brakes off of uh, off of Detroit with Deshaun Watson. Josh Allen comes into town to play the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving. Twelve thirty, Giants Cowboys. I mean, I mean, it put me to sleep for that. I mean, for God's sakes, putting the freaking New York football. Well, all be we, what because they had a good draft. All of a sudden, we got to put the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day and put them on prime time. I mean, give me a break. Four thirty on Fox. I mean, goodness gracious me. Uh, you, you could you could you couldn't I understand you know Bills Bills Cowboys would be a better game for would be a better game for CBS than on Fox but my, my golly I mean you, the Bengals got to play in Dallas this year you, you couldn't you couldn't put them on Thanksgiving I mean I love the fact they're playing on CBS Week Two but still my goodness gracious and then Patriots Vikings who are, which we already discussed and then the 425 featured slate games for CBS like I previously mentioned Bengals. Uh, play Cowboys week two, doubleheader week two, 425 uh, on Fox or excuse me, on CBS week four, Patriots, uh, Patriots, and, uh, and Packers week six, Chiefs, and Bills week nine, the crossflex where CBS has an opportunity to do an all NFC game, Rams, and Buccaneers rematch of the divisional playoff game back in December, then week 13 rematch of the AFC Championship game between the Bengals and the Chiefs in Cincinnati once more one more time. And then of course Brady versus Burrow. One uh Brady or excuse me, Burrow and the boys head down to Tampa to take on Brady in the Bucks week 15. That is December 18th and of course CBS gets the opportunity to work two Work the two holidays, including the three being New Year's with Thanksgiving, uh, with the Bills and a lot with the Bills and the Lions, and of course the uh, the Broncos and the Rams on Christmas Day. Um, I told you the amount of primetime games per team: the Bengals, Chargers, Rams, Bills, Eagles, who shouldn't have five primetime games. I understand they got AJ Brown, and it is Philadelphia five games is too. I say we're a playoff team five games, you know three three should be the three should be a decent amount for the Eagles, not five uh Tampa has five uh warranted uh the Green Bay Packers have five, which is warranted as well uh the Dallas Cowboys should not have five they should have three. I'll be lenient, I'd be lenient and could live with four. I understand it's the cowboys with five is is five is too many you know they're not that good of a f- football team for crying out loud. San Francisco has five, which I found to be shocking. Considering that it could be Trey Lance behind center and Debo Samuel could be off the team, you just never know. Patriots have five. I understand good team. Belichick, home nine yards, evil empire. Mac Jones wasn't Southway. Tom Brady once did lining up behind center for them. Uh, you also got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, the Pittsburgh Steelers on TV or oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers with Mitch Trubisky and. Uh, and uh, what's his face? Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett should not be on five times. I'm sorry. I, I understand it's the Pittsburgh Steelers are they competitive and they somehow someway find a way to win to win football games and squeeze their way into the playoffs. They should not be on television five freaking times. My goodness gracious! Broncos on five times, which you understand. Kansas City on five times, which you understand as well. Uh, Tennessee Titans on four times. Colts on four times. Vegas is on four times. Arizona's on four times. The Chicago Bears are on three times. There's three times too many. Saints are on three times. One uh one Thursday night and two Monday night games. Ravens are only on the uh, Ravens got I tell you, Ravens got shortchanged with the with the, with the, with the primetime games. there there is no reason why the Pittsburgh Steelers and why the Pittsburgh Steelers should be on Nash should be on national TV more than the Baltimore Ravens are. I understand they made the playoff so the Ravens, didn't. But who would you rather see play quarterback, Lamar Jackson or Mitch Trubisky? I rest my case. Ravens got, Ravens have one of each: one Thursday night, one Monday night, one Sunday night. Ravens got sh- got shortchanged with the prime time games. They really did. The Ra- the Ravens should be on Monday night and Sunday night. They, they, I tell you, they should, they should have five primetime games, not Pittsburgh. Put Pittsburgh on three times. Put the Ravens on five. Cleveland on twice. Washington on twice. Seattle on twice. Minnesota on twice. Miami on twice. Jets, Giants, Houston, Jacksonville, Carolina, Atlanta, all once. That's Thursday night. Detroit zero, but I technically don't see it as zero They're one once because they play Thanksgiving every freaking year. So that's the story with that's the story with that um, uh, what else what else what else what else what um, uh, else you know I heard people about it going and complain you know it's unfair that the Bengals you know that that they get th- they got three uh, three divisional primetime games and none of them are at home. You'd like for you'd like for a few of them to be at, to be at home you know the primetime games that they that they do have. Buffalo is a, the Buffalo game is a home game, uh, and the in the Thursday night game against the Dolphins is a home game. Me personally, myself, I would trade the Dolphin. I'd trade being home against Miami uh, for Thursday night to be home against uh, to be home against Baltimore week nine, or to be home in, or to have the or to have our game against Pittsburgh. Uh, and have our game again. Now, our home opener is against Pittsburgh, but I would probably switch one of the two for that, My, me and myself personally. But, uh, you know, you can't kick your screen. They're on five times. When you win the AFC, Joe Burrows, everybody's flavor of the month, Jamar Chase, J- Joe Mixon, everybody, you know. I uh, Trust me, I am not complaining. The Bengals play play one two three four. Five, six, seven, eight times. About half of their schedule, they play at one o'clock. Half they play at one. And they only have one, two, three one o'clock road games. They play on 425 CBS three times. On the road against the Cowboys, week two. Home against the Chiefs, week four. Or excuse me, week 13. Road against Tampa, week 15. And if you count CBS games, the Bengals are on national TV eight times. Five times in prime time, two Monday night, two Sunday night, one Thursday night, and the CBS 425 three. Eight times. Eight times you'll be able to see the Bengals nationwide play this season. Eight times. Eight. The only times you won't will be probably their game against the Saints, their game against the Jets when they play the Falcons, when they play the Panthers, and when they play uh when they play the Browns, when they play the Titans. And that'll be it. So, yours truly, will, yours truly probably won't even have to use this NFL Sunday ticket to watch the Bengals a whole hell of a lot this season. Only, only eight, only eight times. And if, and listen, if I transfer to University of South Carolina, I won't have to use them when they when they play when they play the Panthers in Week Nine. Or if I transfer to University of Tennessee, I won't have to use it when they play the Titans in Week Twelve. But certainly not complaining, that's for sure. Not complaining whatsoever. So, you know, it is what it is. I tell you, their schedule after week 12 after the Titan game is a complete freaking gauntlet. Gauntlet. Now, if the Sean Watson and the Browns are, are, are... having to keep their heads above water. Maybe the Week 14 game, maybe notwithstanding. But this, but Week 13 against the Chiefs, then the Browns, and then you got Brady, and then it's the Patriots, and then Buffalo, and then the Ravens. A frickin' gauntlet in the month of December. And the only break they may get is week 14 against the Browns. And that's only if either Deshaun Watson is still getting the cobwebs out coming off of suspension or he's suspended for the entire year. That would be the only break they get. Beginning of the season, though, not terrible. You know, it's the, they they I tell you, they get... Um, they play two they they play in the first two months of the season they play three divisional games uh every team once they play the ravens and the browns both t- they played the ravens and the browns in a month of october steelers week 1 uh and they play two teams out of the nfc east as well back to back with the jets and the miami dolphins so it's interesting they get the first place winner in the AFC West which is the Chiefs first place winner in the AFC South which is the Titans ironically enough they're in, they're, they're set up they're set up ironically enough in the schedule where they play them in the same order, order that they did with uh, in the playoffs uh, especially having to go to Tennessee to play Tennessee again, and then back home to play uh, to play uh, to play the Kansas City Chiefs for the third time, for the second time in Paul Brown Stadium in nine months, for the third time overall in the last nine months. In De- come December, or not in the last nine months at that time. It would be in the last in the last year, uh, less than that. In the last uh, what? In the last eleven months. Come December. Come December the fourth. And then they go from there. So they play the they play first place winners of the of the NFC East, the AFC South, the AFC West, which is why they play the Cowboys, Titans, and the Chiefs, the AFC North, of course, the AFC East, the entire AFC East, and the entire NFC South, and the East consumes of and the East consumes of playoff teams being of the Patriots. The Buffalo Bills, and then in the NFC South, the Bucks, the 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 Cowboys, four. Cowboys being four, Chiefs another playoff team that's five. Am I missing anybody? The Titans, which is six. And although they didn't make the playoffs, I cons- I'd consider the Ravens automatic. Well, the Steelers would be the 7th. And, they- and they got hard teams that didn't... If you make the playoffs last year, they'll make you work being the Ravens and the Saints, and they play them back-to-back. Week 5 and Week 6. I'll tell you, boy, I can, bra- I can break down the schedule for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And hours. But... This episode's already run late, so I might as well quit while I am ahead and break down the other schedules uh, another time. You have been listening to the episode of the Amatel, I Can Tell You is podcast. If you like what you heard and new to the show, please do not hesitate to subscribe. Follow your boy on Twitter and Instagram at TheJShield. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatel underscore podcast. The show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it. is your boy, Josh Shields. I, will, I promise you, I'll talk to you later this week. Y'all stay safe. Y'all take care. See ya.